2: Welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Aaron and Greg. And today we're going to talk about electric mountain bikes. This is a controversial topic among mountain bikers. And so we're going to talk about it. Uh, You know, a lot of people will tell us like we shouldn't even be talking about this because it's such a controversial issue and they just want the whole thing to die. But we think it's important to have a conversation about it. So that's what we're going to do today. So. An electric mountain bike, just to frame the discussion, is exactly what it sounds like. It's a mountain bike with a battery and a motor. So I want to ask you guys, though, like, what are are there different types of electric mountain bikes that are out there?
1: Yeah, there are two main distinctions, and that's an electric bike with a throttle, which means it's sort of like a motorcycle. You just push a button or twist a throttle and you go. And then there's pedal assist bikes and the pedal assist bikes. Um, essentially, you still have to pedal, and the engine only adds a certain percentage of the power that you're already putting in. And um, to be honest, we haven't ever seen a throttle bike in person. Like We've seen videos of them, but um, as far as we know, none of the major manufacturers that are producing e-bikes are producing a throttle e-bike. So basically, um, we're just going to talk about pedal assist e-bikes. And even within the pedal assist category, though, Um, all the e-bikes have a limiter on them. So they limit your speed by cutting out the power input from the motor at a certain speed. And so the Class 1 e-bikes, as designated by California law, are limited to 20 miles an hour. And then the Class 3 pedal-assist e-bikes are limited to 28 miles an hour. And um, the ones that Jeff and I have both tested have all been limited at the 28-mile-an-hour
2: limit. The speed limits on these bikes, 20 miles an hour or 28 miles an hour, depending on the type of e-bike, those are just the pedal assist limits. So if you got one of these bikes and pointed it downhill, you can go as fast as you can go on it, basically. So it's really only limiting the power. It's not going to add any power to like your climb uh, once you get above that set speed limit. How do electric mountain bikes compare to normal mountain bikes?
1: They're surprisingly similar in their basic specs. Um, basically, when you look at them, they have similar frame designs to um, normal mountain bikes. And even companies like Specialized have basically taken frames and just uh, you know modified them. And they have very similar components. I mean, your drivetrain, your brakes, your... Um, suspension, it's all going to run pretty similar to a normal mountain bike. Essentially, they just add the battery in the motor. And most of the models we're seeing, most of the best models, have the motor and battery basically centered around the bottom bracket to keep it as low as possible, to keep the center of gravity low and centered. So you definitely don't want to get one of the e-bikes that is like a hub-driven one because that's going to throw your... Um, your center of gravity off way more than it already is so essentially the only changes are at the motor and the battery
0: yeah i would agree with that they do tend to use a different shock tune and maybe for the fork as well since the bike does weigh substantially more i mean e-bikes are going to weigh anywhere from the low 40s on the low end up to the to the 50s for the the heavier um, lower spec models so you know, with all that extra weight, there are some different things you have to do to the to the rear shock if it's a full suspension.
2: When you look at electric mountain bikes, there are just as many varieties of electric mountain bikes as there are regular mountain bikes. So you're going to find hardtails, full suspension bikes. Um, at Sea Otter this year, we even saw from Bulls they have like a 160 mil travel trail electric mountain bike. So. They pretty much run the gamut from, you know, pretty like basic bikes all the way up to really more aggressive type bikes.
0: Yeah. High Bike actually even makes a full-blown downhill bike with a, an electric downhill bike. So it's got a dual crown fork. It's got, you know, Mavic D-Max wheels on it and Shimano Saint drivetrain. And it's it's a downhill bike with a motor.
2: <laughs> oh, and there are electric fat bikes. Let's not forget those. So Yes. Pretty much, I have ridden one of those. yeah, pretty much any type of mountain bike, there is an electric version of it out there right now. So who are these electric mountain bikes being marketed toward and sort of I guess part of that is what what's the advantage of having an electric mountain bike?
0: The industry is still sussing that out trying to figure out the best route to go. Um, felt has a has a few e-bikes in their line. And if you look at their videos, they went a couple different routes. You know, they have a, the, a fat bike called the Lebowski. Um, and they have riders using the bikes to do other fun shit. So, and, and one of them, the guy's riding his E fat bike, towing his surfboard to the beach to go surf. And then in the other, these two skiers are using it to get from their uh, mountain lodge up to the hill to go skiing. Um, and then they have the other kind of route that they went. There's a video. Of their 9e, which is a uh, like a 29er hardtail cross country bike, um, but electric. And you know this dad's out riding with his super fit racer son, and his dad's able to keep up with him on the ride because of the e bike. And of those two scenarios, I to me the the dad riding with his kid seems like a more plausible. Um, but it's still still a little confusing to me. Um, and then you have Specialized. And they're, they seem to be making the case that an e bike allows you to ride more trails in less time than a regular mountain bike. And, you know, while I like going fast, you know, packing in more miles just for the sake of packing them in doesn't really appeal to me or really make sense to me, honestly. I mean, if I've got two hours to ride, I'm content to get my 15 to 20 miles in under my own power rather than, you know, the 30 miles or however long I could ride with an e-bike but you know specialize if you listen to the people in the videos they're like you know oh yeah i've only got two hours to ride and now instead of just riding one or two trails i can ride six trails but i mean are you really
1: you know my opinion what the marketing indicates is one thing Um, i don't think the actual target audience i think that's something different from what they include in their marketing so i mean take this or leave this because it's definitely my own opinion because like aaron said i think People are still sussing it out a little bit. But in my opinion, the real target audience for these bikes is a dude who is too lazy to go shopping and cook his own meals. So he drives down to McDonald's and he can't be bothered to get out of his car to order. So he takes the drive-thru on his way to a 2,000-calorie meal. And I mean, I'm not going to claim that I've never gone through a fast food drive through before. But in my opinion, these e-bikes are essentially built to satisfy the instant gratification culture that we live in. Like people don't want to work hard anymore. They want everything as easy as possible. There's an easier way to get to the same goal. Your average dude is gonna take it, and especially you know your average fast food culture dude. And I think e-bikes are simply a way to get mountain biking as easy as possible and make it as palatable as possible to this culture that we're living in.
0: Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I could see part of that being true, but. These bikes aren't cheap, man. You know, you're talking for a, like a low-end hardtail e-bike, uh, like two grand. And that's with some pretty budget components on it. But then, you know, the, the, the nicer ones like, you know, the ones from High Bike and LaPierre and, you know, Specialized, you're, you're getting into several thousand dollars, you know, five, six, seven grand. I mean, they're – I mean – if you're lazy, you're probably not gonna plop if, if you're the kind of guy that's eating fast food every day going through the drive through you're not gonna drop seven grand on a on an e mountain bike then
1: I would argue that the uh the marketing and the whole strategy is like off base then you know it's like <laughs> like I think those are the people that are like gonna be drawn to wanting an e bike but if you're selling e bikes for five thousand dollars, I think there's a massive disconnect there.
0: That's the issue, right? Like you know we have the marketing saying one thing, and then if you talk to some of these companies and they they cry these crocodile tears that uh, that you know they're for older riders or riders with injuries and 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 things like that. And I like I said, I think that's probably the more plausible. Of the scenarios, I mean, the guy that's eating fast food every day, he's not ever going to go in a bike shop to even see one of these, so he's not even going to know they exist. And you know, he's going to be pissed when he finds out that he still has to pedal at least somewhat. So, um, yeah, I think I think the real market is is for older riders or riders that are injured or you know, riders that for whatever reason want to be able to keep up with faster. The, the faster people that they ride with that maybe they used to be. And I'm not saying that's right. I don't, I, you know, to use another sports analogy, like I like playing basketball, right? But I can't dunk, but I don't go around asking everyone to drop the gold and nine feet so I can dunk. Like I just, you know, I just accept the fact that I can't dunk. And when I go play basketball, I just try to enjoy it. And I think that's kind of what you're doing with e-bikes is you're, you're, you're lowering the bar and, you know, I mean, as a relatively fit thirty-four-year-old, um, you know, this is my opinion, um, and maybe that will change if uh, you know, if I, God forbid, get horribly injured or, you know, get old and infirm. So, so here's a question that
1: I've been wondering about. I'm working on a opinion piece about e-bikes, and I'm going to try to make it like my definitive opinion about all things e-bikes personally. But I was just thinking, like, you know, so we hear, oh, these are going to be good for people with injuries. But exactly what injury is an e-bike going to help with is my question. Because it's still a bike and you're still going to need, like, all your faculties to control a bike. So, like, let's say you have an injured arm or an injured leg. Like, you still need your arms and legs to ride the bike, so so what 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 injury is an e-bike going to help with really?
2: I don't know, maybe if you're recovering from like ACL surgery or something. <laughs> uh but in all seriousness, um yeah, you're right. That's the obvious stuff like if you got a hurt arm or leg like doesn't really help you, but one of the examples that I heard from someone at Trek was um there's like a guy that works there that had that got sick with Crohn's disease or something. Um, And because of that, he's like in and out of hospitals. And before he was like a really fit guy and would go on the like lunch rides with everybody. Um, But then once he got sick, he wasn't able to train and, you know, lost a lot of his strength. But then once he was back at work, he wanted to keep going on that group ride. You know, that lunchtime ride, it was a social thing. Um, And an e-bike allowed him to, keep up with his buddies and keep doing the thing that he really loved to do before, but just, you know, for various reasons can't do anymore. Um, So I think you're going to be hearing stories like that, uh, you know, in terms of the marketing for injured people or, or whatever. Um, And then also I think to Greg's point about the McDonald's example, I, I don't think he's saying specifically the guy who goes to McDonald's is the market, the that's what he it's said. It's just an example. It's an example of the entitled generation, right? Like entitled mindset where it's like, "Oh, like mountain biking looks really cool. I saw like a Danny McCaskill video and, you know, my my bro next door that has an Audi like he rides mountain bikes, so like I want to get into that, but I don't really want to do like the hard stuff, you know. I want to just like jump right into it and be really fast and, you know, I have plenty of money to spend." So I think that's what it's more about is like the instant gratification of being able to just jump into the sport without having to put the time in to like actually get good at it and get fit. Yes. All that. Electric mountain bikes have been around for a while and we've been told that they're much more popular in Europe right now. So I think it'd be really interesting to understand that market in terms of who's buying them, what they're using them for. Um, And so that's maybe that's something that we need to look into more. But what I want to know is why you guys think people here in North America specifically are opposed to electric mountain bikes, because again, electric mountain bikes seem to have been much more well-received in Europe and and also in Asia.
1: I think one of the major issues that a lot of U S riders are seeing are the land access issues. Um, Overall, when it comes to mountain bike access, we finally made land managers realize that mountain bikes have much less impact than dirt bikes. Historically, we've been lumped in with gas guzzling motorcycles, which can easily roost out a rut in the trail with a quick twist of the throttle. You know, you can't do that in a mountain bike. But I think now here come e-bikes. They've got motors, they can go faster on some parts of the trails, and it's muddying the waters again. You know, they may not have like a big environmental difference from mountain bikes, it might be more, but like not nearly as much as a motorcycle, pretty obviously. But I think the complication is, you know, when we're fighting like these land access battles that are, you know, bitterly fought and mountain bikes are getting um, kicked off of trails where we've ridden for decades and we have, you know, no negative environmental impact. um, People realize, you know, Hey, like these e-bikes are coming in, they may or may not have environmental impact, but it doesn't really matter. It's all about the perception, right? It's all about the perception um, of the land managers and the perception of the environmental groups opposing us. So I think there's a pretty big fear that you know we're going to just end up losing more trails to mountain bikes that already can use them.
0: The issue becomes when you're trying to a land manager has to make a distinction between a e-bike and a non e-bike. And if they're not a mountain biker, they're not well versed in the current world of cycling. It's probably not easy for them at a quick glance to tell the difference between an e-bike and a non e-bike. So it would be just be easier for them to say, you know what? No bikes. How about that instead? So, um, I think that's, I think that's a legitimate concern
2: yeah, it's interesting though that there don't seem to be those issues in Europe. Maybe they're more liberal in their like land use policies and things. Um, so yeah, maybe that's something specific to North America that is gonna be a big roadblock toward e-bike access. So I'll throw in
1: a little bit on the European side. I can't claim to be widely versed in European trail access issues. But I did spend some time in Sweden last year, and you know, e-bikes are already on the radar, so we spent some time talking about that. And Sweden, for one, has, and most of Scandinavia, actually, has very interesting land use policies, and essentially they have this law that's called um, every man's right, which means you can basically travel across any open land that is in front of you, as long as you aren't disturbing the vegetation, You know, there's already a trail there. Exactly what qualifies as a trail is, you know, can be interpreted pretty broadly, but essentially, so you can mountain bike anywhere where there is a trail on public land. And so, my first question was like, "Well, what about e-bikes?" And they were like, "No, that doesn't qualify. That doesn't count for e-bikes um, in Sweden. It only counts for human-powered activity. And I think it even precludes horses then too. So you're talking um, hiking and biking, basically. So, which I thought was interesting. You know, we hear about Europe being e-bike friendly, but that law doesn't apply to a bike with a motor on it. So, you know, exactly how e-bike friendly they are could vary from place to place.
2: So what other, what other reasons are there that you guys think people are opposed to electric mountain bikes?
1: I think a big opposition from the people who are currently mountain bikers is that e-biking goes against the entire spirit of um, mountain biking. And now this, this, You know, exactly what mountain biking is can vary from person to person. Different people can have different views of it. But personally, I ride mountain bikes because of the challenge of it. And part of that challenge is technical descending and going fast and maybe getting some air. But a big part of that challenge is getting up to the top of the climb before I go down. And, you know, I ride mountain bikes because it's hard. I like human-powered activity where maybe I'm not – Going very fast, and maybe I'm not covering a lot of ground. Maybe it's a whole heck of a lot of work, but um, that's why I do it, you know? And if I didn't want that challenge, I would do motorsports, or I just wouldn't get off of the couch, you know? And so I think the reason I mountain bike is for the challenge of it. And I think that's the reason a lot of mountain bikers mountain bike. And so when you take away a lot of that challenge, like that just sort of goes contrary to the reason we do it in the first place.
2: Why though, would you oppose someone else doing that? I mean, it's not for you, but if somebody else wants to ruin that part of mountain biking, you know, the challenge and the physical part, like what, what skin is that off your nose?
1: Personally, it's no skin off of my nose. If they're doing it in places where, you know, there's already, it's already motor legal. So if we've got a ton of motor legal single track actually here in Colorado, and one of the best rides in the state is the Monarch Crest Trail. And it's like almost all motor legal. You can do a full blown single track crest ride that on your dirt bike. So, I mean, that's totally legal to go do on your e-bike. I think the big problem for me is when we circle back to the land access issues and people want to do that on their e-bike on a non-motorized trail. And then we bumped into all, all those land access issues. And you could argue that maybe e-bike owners don't want to do that, but, I've heard firsthand from e-bike companies who are like, we should fight for e-bike access on non-motorized trails. I'm like, no, no, we should not do that. So, you know, I think like there has to be some give and take, right? There's plenty of places where it's already legal to ride an e-bike. It's already legal to ride a motorcycle. So like, if you want to go do in those areas, go do. That's great. It's not mountain biking.
2: It sounds like the the land access is the issue. So um perhaps in North America I mean just pretend for a second that every land manager said like it's fine e-bikes are fine mountain bikes are fine like anybody can ride any kind of bike on every trail. Um do you think that opposition would go away?
1: You know the sport of mountain biking is really broad and I've written recently about how like we have different sects of mountain biking like the free ride and like the more adventure biking how these are almost different sports. I'd argue if like let's say for sake of argument you know, we've got eight million, you know, mountain bikers. Let's say we get five million e-bikers on top of that. You know, I would say, like, that's almost sort of a different sport. And I would say maybe we would have like magazines and companies and stuff springing up to serve just that market. But I would think the human-powered side of mountain biking would almost be a distinct sport. And then for me, like, I just wouldn't. Do- deal with the e-bike I think i'd be like all right that's legal you know okay that's cool but i would almost consider it like a different user group like i already coexists great with motorcycles on our trails with horses with hikers with runners and e-bikers you know we could coexist but i wouldn't consider them to even be like really within the same sport if that makes any sense
2: interesting so where's the market going from here if mountain bikers have their way a lot of them you know that that want to stop e-bikes mountain bikes can they be stopped if people wanted them to be
0: i don't see how i think the cat's kind of out of the bag at this point when you look at the big companies like such as specialize getting into the market and you know definitely other companies are looking to dip their toes into it as well um so i don't know i don't think it can be stopped um at all at this point but One thing that we talked a little bit about, um, Jeff and I talked about at Seattle and we mentioned a little bit on the Seattle podcast was I just I don't understand how big this market is. Um, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that because, like I mentioned earlier, you're talking, you know, two grand for a budget e-mountain bike and up to five, six, seven grand for, you know, full suspension. And I just yeah, I just can't. I just can't imagine that there's that many people out there willing to spend that kind of money on an e bike. If I, if I had that money, I, I would just get a motorcycle, um, <laughs> instead. Obviously, those people are out there and that are going to want to be able to hang with their riding buddies, you know, for whatever reason, they don't, you know, they don't want to ride a regular mountain bike anymore. So they go out and get an e bike, but I just, Can't imagine that it's that big of a market to have a lot of players competing in it. You know, I just, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, the reception
1: has been really chilly already from U.S. mountain bikers. So I don't see that reception warming from current mountain bikers. Maybe people who don't already mountain bike, you know, they'll buy some of these. But from the current mountain bike audience, uh, you know, I don't see it going very far. Um, and then to put like, you know, thing into perspective that Aaron was saying about motorcycle, uh, I just saw on my local buy sell page that, um, somebody was selling a pair of dirt bikes, you know, street legal dual sport dirt bikes, his and hers set great condition. And they're selling both of them for 3,300 bucks. So I could have bought two dirt bikes, in great shape for 3,300 or one new hardtail e-bike with mid-level components for 3,300, you know, and, uh, it's a tough sell
2: yeah I think I think you guys are right too that for now it's gonna be sort of a niche within mountain biking um, but I think it's still early days I mean it's hard to say where the technology will go you know maybe this is just a precursor it's like it's like when the first you know Apple iPhone came out not many people were buying it they're like that's too expensive it doesn't do a whole lot like um, but who knows? I mean, maybe in five years, the bikes will be light. You know, a lot of the land access issues will be worked out. Um, and then it could be a totally different market. So, um, yeah, I, I'm personally am not one to, um, sort of discount any new technology. And, and I think as mountain bikers, that's something that we see all the time. You know, we always want lighter more capable mountain bikes and this is just one avenue that it seems like you know a lot of companies are on board to explore and to see where they can take this you know maybe it won't be a full-fledged e-bike you know maybe it'll be like those little cheater motors that they put in the cyclocross bikes right now uh but you know who knows who knows where it'll go so i think it i think it's it's cool just to see people trying stuff and maybe it won't work out but um but at least they're pushing the envelope. Cool. So this has been a fun discussion about e-mountain bikes. If you want to hear more about e-mountain bikes, uh, be sure to check out single tracks where we've written several opinion pieces, both pro and con on e-mountain bikes. And we've even gotten in a few electric mountain bike test rides over the years. So be sure to search for those. Uh, And Greg Also has an upcoming over a beer column about electric mountain bikes. So be sure to check that out when it arrives. That's all we got this week. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Peace.